To episode 9 of Gears of Resistance for the 31st of May, 2015. My name is Mike, and I'm feeling like crap. Uh, <clears throat> so, instead of having me sit here and banter back and forth today, because I am under the weather, I am going to uh, do a uh, interview, actually play an interview that I did earlier in the week um, with a... Uh, gentleman named Alexis Metalin from uh, the Great White North, at least for me, uh, up in uh, Quebec, Canada, who is working on a product called Cloister. Um, and uh, he is basically one of the next generation makers turned professional that's looking to take, uh, take their hobby and uh, turn it into uh, a company. And that kind of uh, person always fascinates me, uh, as well as just his, um, you know, his background in particular. So uh, with that, I'm going to go take some Sudafed and crash, and I'm going to uh, go ahead and turn over now for the interview. All right, so uh, my guest this week is, and I'm going to butcher his name because I'm an ignorant American, it's Alexi Metalin. Yep, is that exactly. correct? Um, he, he's just, he's just feeling pity for me right now. I'm just saying, he had to go no, no, with it. um, and I came across, uh, um, a project he was working on, on a blog post that got, was it Hackaday or which? Uh, no, I think it was in a, um, I don't know. I've been reposted in the Slashdot or Reddit. Yeah. I think maybe it was Slashdot that got the, you're right. Um, so he is launching a product and, um, there was some discussion that that intrigued me um, about this whole idea. And let me real quick, so people kind of, I'm going to offer your bio page here real quick. So you started off, you had like this, this history, uh, you got interested in like economics um, at the, as a college, as a quote unquote, you know, professional student and an you know, undergraduate. Um, but like many of us, you kind of like, you felt something missing, um, and then you kind of like, hey, this whole electronics and programming and web and artificial intelligence, this stuff actually intrigues me. And then you also had this revelation of, and why do I have to wait to the fall semester to enroll in these classes? So that's <laughs> is that kind of like is that a true is like so? I'm just curious. Like, give me a little bit of like, is that true? And is that your background? And, and, and fill in yeah, any it, of the blanks. It is very true because I uh, I come from a very traditional family, so I was told for a long time that I needed to study and to earn a master degree, and without it, I wouldn't do anything with my life. And I, I started by uh, studying um, uh, economic and social sciences, and apparently it was a mistake by, uh, because you need to learn math in France to succeed. And so I started in, in this traditional um, pathway, but I didn't understand why I, I had to wait three or five years to apply what I was learning, because usually you, you learn the basics uh, in a under, under, undergraduate uh, studies, and after that you are allowed to apply them if you do a master degree. But 
I was very impatient, you know, we were uh, learning about very interesting tools, especially in statistics. Right. And so I was looking for a way to, uh, well, to get into it and to start uh, practicing. That's how I started to code. But it, it wasn't uh, fast enough because I, I had to take a lot of time for my courses out of my, uh, uh, let's say, uh, personal experiments. And it, it wasn't working out for me. I, I wanted the other way around. I wanted my experiments to take my whole time and and the studies to be just what I needed to, to be able to, to work and to create projects. So that's why I, I wasn't feeling at the right place at university. So I, I just left and I tried to to think about a, a job I could uh, pick up quickly. And that's how I, I started to um, learn uh, web development through uh, Code Academy. It's really uh, an awesome web- website. And I, I thank these people, uh, the, the, the people that developed uh, these tools, because it allows so many people like me um, to, to, to start learning something useful and something you can sell. I mean, it, it's great. It's, it's three years at a university. And I have a hard time convincing a, a boss to, to hire me because of that. And three months on Code Academy, it's very easy because um, people uh, that have the knowledge to, to create a quick website are uh, very much uh, needed. So, yeah, it, I think it was a good choice. <laughs> I don't uh, don't regret it. No regrets. You're, you're, you, and it sounds like, I mean... You know, you can kind of tell like when people are happy, and you just we we, we had a little conversation before we started um, recording, and you can just you, yeah, you can tell when people like you know are they getting that fulfillment? Um, and it, it definitely sounded like you know that you caught early on, and you're very lucky in that you know this you know this traditional academic thing is just you know it's not for me, and then you took the dive. I mean, that, so few people would have the courage to jump off. You know, a lot of it is, well, yeah, I'm already on the train. I got to go. It's not about courage. I, I was miserable, you know, so I, I had no choice. I, I had to find something that made me happy, and right now I'm quite happy. It's it's difficult to think that your job is funny, but, but it is, you know. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to wake up in the morning and to start to work on my projects because – I feel like a kid uh, discovering things, and oh, I really like it. I like. It. I mean, you're. It's it's so. This is cool because right, right now I'm actually, and I was reading where you're reading a, a book right now with uh, by by Buckminster Fuller. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm reading um, one called Creativity Inc. from Ed Catmull of Pixar. Okay. Um, and obviously, they're a very creative, and and some of the things that he talks about having fun, retaining your childhood interest, but growing responsible that kind of it seems like that's what you've found you know you're you're you haven't lost this childhood sense of wonder and, and learning and how things work and yet you've tied it to being able to be you know a quote-unquote responsible adult um you know making a living in the world and doing all that jazz so uh, to me it seems like you that's you've you've definitely found that thing and 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 that niche that makes you happy and i think it's interesting that you know, you may say you were miserable, and I will say that you had courage. But whatever. So you, when you did finally jump off um, the, the quote unquote academic world, you started learning through so Code Academy, right? Which is the mm-hmm. website that teaches people learn all kinds of different languages. Yeah. So what was like? Can you give me like a little bit of feeling? Like how was that? Like how did you discover it? How did you know which languages to pick? Um, just give me a little background on that. 
Um, well, I was really trying to. Uh, I started by looking at uh, the job offers, and um, uh, a lot of them uh, involved uh, web development. So I just started a Google search. I mean, I, I always feel stupid saying that, but you can find so much through Google and through a, um, a well-defined search, you know? So I agree 100%. <laughs> most of my knowledge is in Google. You know, I, I know where it is, but I don't, have, uh, I don't have it straight in my head. I just know that I can get to it very quickly. And I saw that it was the case, so I started looking for ways to learn uh, um, web programming, and uh, I, learned, I read the, um, the first test articles you read in that, that case. It's mostly articles. Uh, um, it's not very well done. It's the list, you know, the 10 things you need to know to become a web programmer. Or Usually it's uh, mostly uh, written to, to, to make the buzz and to be well referenced, but you don't have um, uh, a lot of information on it. But it did... Uh, pointed me toward uh, Code Academy, and I, I love the pedagogy. I, I've, uh, I, before that, I was more used to uh, technical guides because I was more working in statistics and uh, with R, for example. Sure. Okay, and, uh, it was uh, a bit dry, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. On Code Academy, it's very funny. I loved uh, um, learning Python because it was full of references uh, from uh, Monty Python. Uh, Monty Python? Uh, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, I know Monty Python well, man. Yep, absolutely. And so, you know, it, it was really funny to, to learn the basics and to have jokes everywhere in the code. So I, I was just having fun doing that. And after a while, you re realize that you can uh, start to uh, apply what you learned and you can start to work on really uh, small and silly projects. But it's, it's enough to uh, get you going and... Um, you add up on you, you add complexity with with time, and after a while, after a few months, you realize that you you can do something. So at that point, I um, I started to apply for jobs, and I was basically saying, okay, I, I'm not a professional, I don't have uh, any uh, diploma in the field, but I, I really want to learn. So if if it's okay with you, uh, take me for free for a, a month, and if it works out, uh, gradually increase my pay as I gradually increase my, uh, my skills. And that's exactly what happened. And after, uh, after eight months, I think, that's when uh, Gameloft called me, and that's where, when it uh, started to, to get really serious. Because uh, before that, it was a startup, and it was uh, just a, a small website. But uh, when you enter the industry and when you end up on the floor with 200 developers, that's something else. <laughs> it's really something else. Yeah, I can imagine. Like it's you know, and so this, so this whole, from the day you left university to the day that you actually got the paying gig, the first paying gig based on a programming. How long was that? A year. Uh, so exactly a year. So to me, that so that that to me is blows my mind in a good way because to me it says that and because I'm I'll, I'll be honest I, I at least here in the U.S. I'm I, I very much challenge our traditional education system that you know we spend you know ugh, tens of thousands of dollars to get an education um you know and, and most of the time that means we're taking out loans which means you're, before you've even started life you're uh, this huge amount of debt juxtapose that with the idea that you know you found something that you knew you had a passion in 
you took advantage of resources on the internet and were within the course of a year managed to take that from, um, you know, you're passing kind of like, you know, passing interest to actually having um, a gainful employment to me is, I think that should be the more, that should be the more the way how it should be. Um, and so to hear someone who actually, you know, we talk about it like, you know, yeah, but to meet somebody that has actually done it to me is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, what I find interesting about the U S is, is that it's true that you, you have a, Universities where you have to pay the, the most fees and it's awful. But on the other end, you have the, the MIT that offers pretty much every undergrad courses for free. Yeah, that's and that's amazing. And Code Academy comes from the US too, and so you have uh, everything, and it's contrary, you know. Yeah, we we do. We we tend to live in these extreme polar opposites, right? Um, whereas you know, you're right because I, I think our public education, like K through twelve leaves a lot to be lacking but you're right our universities especially the the you know the more reputable ones are amazing um and and you're right and they're and even and the, the big big name ones are starting this whole you know this idea of massive online learning and and yeah and for free i mean it's i'm really amazed so it's right so how do you deal and that it's another that's that's a whole other probably podcast and blog and yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, also I want to focus kind of like on you though. So, but you know, I, so I sat here and I read your, you know, I read your, um, your, your bio that you have up on your, on your, uh, website. Um, so here you are, you're, 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 and I kind of get the feeling cause I'm the, I think I'm the same mindset. You're, so you're sitting there, you've got this dream job, you're programming away. I'm not studying, I'm not doing R and statistics. Um, I'm happy, but then you realize that I'm kind of in this pool of 200, other developers. Yeah. Um, it was a weird feeling. Yeah, so just tell me about just starting on that and, and where that took you. Well, at first, uh, I was really happy because I succeeded at something I wasn't sure at all how it was going to end because everyone was telling me, you can do that. You have to go through the right path. And so, like, okay, let's try. And apparently, it was working since I got a real quote real job <laughs> and so I was telling everyone hey I made it uh, you, you see uh, you don't you don't need to go to university and I'm so happy and I'm like uh, surrounded with uh, older uh, people uh, older and wiser people and you know we're a, a team of uh, of important developers and wow it's so cool but it wasn't an artifact you know it was only the idea was really cool but be, uh, being told uh, what to do, we, we had uh, um, since it was the R and D team, uh, we we had some some space to uh, explore, and um, every problem that was posed to uh, posed to us, we, we we could choose our own way to solve it. So I really liked that, but I I liked the um, the human contact because right. we were really in front of our screens, and okay, so you have a task, you have two weeks to solve it. And so bye. And so you're not going to talk to your uh, team leader for uh, two weeks, and you're in front of your uh, your problem. And uh, I mean, I um, I like to work by myself, but if if it has to be, uh, um, so uh, I don't know how to say that way. Uh, yeah, I, I like to to work alone, but I, I want to be part of a team. If if I'm part of a team, if it's just uh, um, workstations 
uh, one after another and you don't have any contacts and you're not uh, working on projects together. And uh, I wasn't really uh, satisfied with, with that. So sure. I wanted to, to try something else. And as I, as I told you, uh, I, uh, I like to, to switch between tasks, which doesn't mean that I abandon them, but I, I like to, to have uh, several things working in, in parallel, in parallel, you know, so I, I absolutely switch understand. from one to the other. And obviously when you're working in a company, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> you have the tasks that have been assigned to you and you can go to your boss and say, I'm really sorry. I don't feel like it this week, but I'm going to do it next week and really quickly. Don't worry. But this week I'm going to be uh, doing something totally different and it has nothing to do with your company. Right. That work very well. <laughs> doesn't go over too well. <laughs> no. So yeah, I, I am. I decided to uh, to start to start uh, something else and to begin by uh, um, going back to uh, um, my learnings by, by uh, writing posts for the, for my blog. So it, so that way it gave me uh, um, uh, ideas to follow because it's one thing to say I want to learn a lot of stuff, but you have to find the point of entry. And sure. so I've always found that uh, thinking about writing a tutorial. It, it helps, helps me a lot because it pushes me to uh, to learn the details and to understand the things as a whole. Uh, and I, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I, uh, if I'm working by myself, I will try to do it. But if you don't have the, the incentive of someone reading your article and uh, probably uh, criticizing it because they're very right, uh, it, it pushes you to, to, to do better and to organize your thoughts, your learn, learning process, pretty much everything. Yeah, I, I agree. That's, that's the same way where I started, you know, you know, with the blogging um, on just my personal site. It's 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 a way to I think, uh, you know, from the from just the writing perspective because I've always had this. I you know I've always liked writing. It forces you to improve because it's it's one thing to write in a journal that no one sees. It's another thing to put it out into the world and you know come judge me and yeah it can be painful but you grow because of that too. Yeah, and people are, are uh, really, really nice because they, they, they do criticize what you do, but uh, they do it in a way uh, that uh, it's only to improve what you're doing. And that's, what, that's what's really great with the, with the connectivity we have now. You have access to the, the, the uh, most qualified people in the world that will criticize your work for free. So it's, it's awesome. I really like it. Like in the article, uh, I didn't expect uh, so many um, um, reactions, but the, the, the first ones were uh, of really engineers saying, yeah, it's really cool, but you forgot that and this and this also. So just mind and uh, think about it because it could cause this and this problem. And, and this way I have access to uh, right. and also my expertise. And uh, well, right, because, you know, it back to like our, our discussion before we started recording was, you know, it, prior to, the, you know, you know, let's say the last 10, 15 years when this Baker movement has really started to blossom is, yeah, if to get that kind of design critique, you'd have to go pay some, you know, engineering mm -hmm. firm. You, I mean, you'd pay a lot of money to get that kind of critique now. You know, you're getting it for free and you're probably getting a better result because people are willing, you know, it's not just their job to go review your stuff. They're actually, you know, they're on that site for a reason they, and it's because they find something interesting. Mm -hmm. So you're getting like passionate, you know, critiques. It's very true. And, and you have access to their own design through uh, open source uh, hardware. 
uh, I wouldn't have, have been able to design a, a PCB without uh, um, comparing to, to what exists. And like I was trying to, to find a, a USB charging module and the, the plans to, to, to make it. And I, I just had to go uh, to SparksFun, look at their model, and since everything is open source, I, I could take it as is and put it in my design. And obviously, that's not what I want to do. I, I want to make my own design. But for now, at my level, I, at least I'm not stuck, and I can right. move on, and I can learn uh, uh, to do and see, things. Sorry. And, that's, and that's actually something that that I think professional that you know someone like yourself who's come from this do-it-yourself maker movement and you you probably hear the criticism the criticism from like professionals quote-unquote professionals like yeah you should make your own usb charging circuit because that's what men do right you know we're all her but that's not reality i mean even before the maker movement and open source hardware really became a thing you know Every component manufacturer, and, the, and the, if you open up a, a data sheet, you see reference designs. And I guarantee you, most engineers just take that reference design and use that and incorporate that into their their bigger circuit. You know, yeah. and so this whole yeah. notion of your quote unquote cheating is BS, bogus. Because <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, it is, but yeah, it's always a, a more enjoyable. To- <laughs> To think that you arrive to your design all by yourself, but it's a lie. You, you never arrive somewhere all by yourself. Even if you, uh, at some point, you can uh, uh, generate uh, new and original designs, you're generating it because you've seen so much stuff and you have so much experience from other projects that you didn't didn't make. Right. I think, and then, uh, this is good because it's kind of leading us to where I want to go with your your project that you've launched here recently. Is that you know. And and I had the same issue too. Is like you know, do I want to spend my time designing the power supply circuit for a product, or do I want to focus most of my energy on the product and the project itself? Mm-hmm. And I think open source and being able to just okay, this guy's already done a voltage regulator circuit. Yeah, it's the idea to not to reinvent the wheel. It's already exactly. been done. It works. It's been tested. Okay, take it and focus on something else. Yeah, I completely agree. So um, as we're getting to where I really want to go, um, so here you are. Again, let's go back to you're at Gameloft, you're programming. During this time, and again, because I, I love reading your um, – you know, talk about interests uh, currently at the moment, you know, artificial intelligence, biology, electronics, neurology, um, We'll kind of focus on home and on the, on the electronics thing because that's where I can talk semi-intelligently. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you – so were you still at Gameloft when you started – I'm assuming you started like experimenting. You bought some parts and you're just – or did you leave Gameloft and then start learning the electronics side of things? Um, no, I, I began before uh, being hired to Gameloft actually. Okay. I, I was uh, web developing. Uh, um, I've been a uh, – it was in January 2014, I think, and so I've been web developing for uh, um, three, three or four months, and I was starting to, to discover uh, all the programming world, and uh, a neighbor came to me and said, hey, have you heard about uh, Arduino? And I was like, no, what is it? Well, it's like uh, this thing, you can plug it in your computer, you load some code on it, and so with the code, you can interact on uh, real-world uh, objects, you know, like LEDs. And, and I know it sounds stupid, but I've never uh, thought about it before that. And 
So I was like, what? Like, I, I can use my code and make it interact with real. Oh my God. And I mean, it's a, it's an evidence, but <laughs> I've never thought about it before the, the, that date. So it started something. And after that, I just bought LEDs and controllers and breadboards and started to, to, to read some uh, introduction books about uh, electronics, trying to understand uh, what, what were the tools I could use. And after all, it's, uh, I found that it's exactly like, like coding. You're uh, controlling a, a logic flow, but you have a lot more uh, constraints. And, and it's very interesting to have constraint, constraints when you're uh, designing something because uh, in a way, it makes things easier, you know? You, when, sure. when you don't have the experience, it makes things easier because you have to stay within limit and within very specific bounds. And, yeah, I, I loved it for the same way I loved programming. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very fulfilling to be able to make something with your hands, regardless of what discipline or, or, or art that you pick. The idea that you can take something that's stuck in your head and make it happen. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, so this is all before game loft and obviously, so you're working. So, so throughout you were just kind of tinkering, experimenting, learning, um, with Arduino and, and, um, so let's talk then like at the transition point, like what you, so you were kind of at the point where you kind of, um, is the, uh, in your blog, you say the sweet breeze of Liberty came whistling in your ear. Um, talk about how you came to the making that decision now leave, um, game loft and where did that take you, uh, up until now? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I felt more and more that I, I wanted to work on s- something else than what my, my, my job was providing me. Uh, and I, don't, I, I didn't want it to, to be, uh, how can I say that, not disrespectful, but um, I was hired to do a job. And so I saw that if I felt that I didn't want to do, to do it, I, I, had to, I had to quit and I had to, to try something else because it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been uh, honest uh, towards me and towards my employer. Sure. So I, I told him exactly that. And he was like, well, if you want to do something else, it's, it's fine. What can I say? And I, I started to, to uh, organize my day um, with uh, half a day programming and half a day doing electronics. And so I was just uh, trying to, to launch really small uh, projects like, like uh, what was I doing? Well, the, the, the first pro- prototype of uh, Cloyster. Uh, in the beginning, it was just, um, I, I, uh, I used to be a, a smoker. And so I wanted a way to put my cigarettes <laughs> away from like uh, half the day or something like that. So I just made a box with a little screen and two push buttons that would lock with a solenoid. This way I could lock my cigarettes away for a few days. And I published the, the tutorial and um, um, the, the person that is now my partner uh, contacted me and told me, hey, I, I, wanna, I, I wanted to buy something like that, but apparently it doesn't exist. So if you can uh, make it, which apparently you can, could, could you help me uh, build a prototype? And that's how I started uh, to... to um, uh, that's how I made electronics my main activity. But before that, it was mainly uh, little uh, little projects where uh, 
could be code or I, I played around with neural uh, neural networks or uh, machine learning techniques. It was really interesting too. Cool. So that's so that's like where we're at today. Is like, so um, the pro, so so people know so the product of the website just launched um, here in the last day or so, and it's it's cloister.io, which is um, c l o i s t e r dot i o. Um, and so you've taken this thing that you came as an idea to, to meet a need for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, someone else saw value in it, and you've teamed with them, and now you're actually in the process of um, you're going to sell these. Yeah, we just uh, developed the prototype, and so uh, now we are in the process of figuring out uh, well all the manufacturing part, which sure. is going to be very, very complicated, I think. <laughs> but uh, we're going to make it. I mean, it's 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 no more complicated, in my opinion, than what you've already done thus far. So yeah, and I, um, I was a, a bit deterred because um, uh, from the reactions to uh, to the article I wrote explaining uh, how to make a small prototype, uh, someone told me there's no way, no way you can do that by yourself. And every time I hear that, I know it's bullshit. But every right. time I think, <laughs> is it true? You know it. And as soon, uh, I think uh, we can, uh, if we uh, would speak about it uh, again in a few months, uh, I would say, yeah, it was bullshit and I should never have listened to it. But since it's the first time, I mean, such an inventor, for now, I don't have the proof to say, sure. you know, uh, but for sure we're going to figure out uh, how it works. We're not the first one having this problem. And right here in Montreal, they just uh, opened uh, a startup incubator. Uh, especially um, intended for hardware startups. So yeah, it's, we, we're, uh, we're a lot of people uh, having the same problem, and I'm pretty sure we're going to help out, uh, help each other out and figure, figure this out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, it's, and it's another thing. It's, it's the question of people getting the mind. It's a, a lot of times it comes down to it's a question of scale. You know, when it's a new product and it's kind of has the niche market, you know, if you, if you can even just sell 100 of these things that gives you so much learning experience on the manufacturing and, uh, um, and just the relationships. Mm-hmm. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of this is networking and people yeah. that once you made a hundred making a thousand or 10,000 as is the thing scales. So a lot of these guys come in and say, Oh, you'll never be able to do it because they're thinking like iPhone six quantities, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if I was trying to build an iPhone six competitor by myself, which let's face it, you know, there's electronics and then there's there's electronics. Yeah, it's, it's just cool. a matter of finding where your niche is, and you know. But um, so let me uh, so this is all um, how so from from time of concepts, you know, let me build this for myself to when you got reached out, um, and 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 you know you've got now a business partner. How long was that? Uh, how long did that take? Well, so the the very first uh, prototype, uh, I was make, uh, building it um, after my working hours, so it took about uh, a month. Sure. Which still isn't that long, really. <laughs> yeah, really it wasn't that complicated, really. It was just a, a little uh, Arduino Nano, uh, a solenoid, um, a screen, and some wires, so it wasn't a, a big project. But it was really interesting to make, and uh, that's what made me... Uh, Throw, uh, throw out my uh, soldering iron 
And if I have just one advice for something, uh, someone solding electronics and wishing to, to, to continue for a long time, buy a good soldering iron right at the beginning because otherwise you're just going to be pulling your hair for nothing. And so yeah, I, I agree 100%. It, it is. It's one of those things where good tools really do make oh, yeah. a difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. If you think uh, I'm going to be doing that for uh, even six months, buy a good soldering iron and good tools because pff, otherwise you, you're just wasting your time and, and you're, uh, um, you can get uh, uh, angry at, uh, at, at the domain, at, at electronics in general, whereas it was just the fact of uh, having shitty tools and spending hours doing things you should spend minutes doing. Absolutely. So, which uh, which real quick, uh, which soldering iron did you go with? Uh, I have an uh, Aco Aco okay. FX. Uh, uh, what is eight 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 D? I, I that's funny. That's the exact same one I have. Yeah. <laughs> so you understand why I say it's so, so good. But anyway, so yeah, um, I spent a month uh, um, doing the prototype, a few days writing the the article. After that, he. he uh, Things went pretty quickly because I received the, the message from Zach, my, Zach, my uh, partner, a few days later. And I immediately started to not work but to gather information because I had no idea how to make a proper-looking prototype, uh, how to 3D print, uh, let alone how to model <laughs> something to 3D print it later. So, yeah, I think... Um, I spent about two weeks gathering information, meeting people from uh, local incubators and asking questions, and really stupid questions like, but how do you do a, a standalone uh, circuit? I mean, if you don't want to use an Arduino, and, and you have uh, the, uh, how can I say that? Uh, you have the traditional uh, engineers that are telling you, you don't need an Arduino or even a, an MCU. You just need a 5 <laughs> timer, and it's going to be cheaper. And you have someone else uh, saying, hey, it's not 30 years ago. Of course, you can use a, an MCU. It costs uh, $1.2. <laughs> so you just have to figure out uh, between all that and try, try to, to, to make choices. Because at the end, it's a prototype. So what you want is something working, even if it's not the best design. Or if you could uh, debate on whether to use this or that. If it works, who cares, really? Right. I mean, uh, nope, there's, there's six versions of the iPhone, so, you know. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they learn, and things change. And, yeah, you not, not everything gets in or it's as, as efficient in the first version. And that's just mm -hmm. that's life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so two, two, weeks, uh, two weeks to think about it. And after that, I think uh, I, I spent uh, a week conceiving the, the PCB and – having a little feedback with the, the companies I contacted to, to, to produce it. They were uh, very helpful. Uh, I was always uh, specifying that it was my first time, so I was really sorry if the design was messed up. Or, But in the end, 90% um, was right, and the, the, the last 10% they had me uh, figure out. Uh, and after that, what was long was to wait for uh, every part to be ordered and to arrive and to check. Uh, like I didn't want it to... Uh, to print the box before having the PCB on hand to be sure. Sure. And it was like that at each step. So it took an additional uh, complete month to um, to really produce things and uh, assemble them. And at the end, it didn't work out like <laughs> I expected. Like some values were not uh, right. And the guy I, uh, I 
Well, yeah, because I had to, uh, I had to uh, pay someone to solder the, the components in place because it was a surface-mounted components, and I don't have, a, uh, I don't have a, the oven for that. Sure. And it, uh, it was really a bad decision. <laughs> well. <laughs> I wanted to to do as much as I could by myself, and it's the only thing I had done by something else uh, apart from the, the PCBs. And it costs me it cost, costed me three hundred dollars to solder four boards. It's by far my my uh, most important uh, part of the of the budget, my most important expense. Right. And it didn't work out. Three of the boards didn't work. And the guy was looking at me with a big smile. Oh, yeah, it happens. And I was like, yeah, but I've been working for a month. I didn't make almost no mistakes. And I'm paying you 80 bucks an hour. <laughs> That's the result. So it it kind of uh, makes me think that um, you should try to do as much as you can by yourself because you're... Uh, uh, other people are no better or not worse. It's really, we are all the same and we all make mistakes. So if you can make your own, it's going to be uh, cheaper. You're going to learn the process. And mm. I, I, I agree, especially on the prototype is because you learn what, because inevitably some customer will get something and either through, you know, no, no ill of our own, something doesn't work or they misuse it incorrectly. And to be able to troubleshoot, by building it yourself, I think, especially for those first couple batches, I mm -hmm. agree. And I mean, it depends of uh, the resources you, you you have. If you have a, an investor and and you can surround you with a team of engineers, or it's great, and you're probably uh, going to end up uh, um, with a, a first uh, product that may be uh, uh, better conceived. But I'm really not sure it's going to be uh, faster. And uh, and the, the the difference in costs between what you can do by yourself and uh, when you have it done by so, so, someone else, it's it's huge. I mean, it's yeah. no common measure. So I, I know I, I have to learn to to, to work with, with other people and to to um, uh, work on relationships and everything. But uh, I. But it's, you're right. For now, I prefer to, 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 to get the skills and to do as much as I can. Well, right, and it, it'll just it, – it'll it's if it's it's time or money. And, you know, doing it yourself really actually, believe it or not, it does save both actually because from the time perspective, you know, you have the idea in your head. But to really convey that to another person, you know, even if you may be the world's greatest communicator – that, you know, people have different backgrounds, and so the, it doesn't always come across. Mm. So you take time, and then, you know, you're right, money. I mean, you know, especially, quote-unquote, technical, you're going to, unfortunately, for better and for worse, you know, pay. So if, and, and it really is, like, as you're learning, as it's, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and you can do it, and I think... You know, I, I really think that, you know, what you've done and other makers that have taken ideas and turned them into business is really uh, at least electronics kind of folks. are gonna That's going to be their future. You know, you're going to have to learn to deal with this world of um, a lot more, quote, unquote, competition um, for, you know, people doing this type of work. Um, 
And which is not a bad thing because it's it means that there's going to be more products yeah, that serve you know, more niches. I really hope that um, this tendency to to, to make things, your, things yourself uh, is going to go mainstream and and that products even uh, easier to use than Arduino and everything and 3D printers will be launched. And this way, I would love to see a world where you, as an individual, you have a problem, and you're like, hey, if only something like that would exist. And you're like, okay, so I can just uh, take, a, um, uh, take a model and take some modules and put them together, and oh, it, it does just that. And you've made the product you needed in your home, and you know you don't need to, to put a whole... Um, uh, um, production uh, pr- pr- production infrastructure on it and now it's just you you know uh, as an individual and I, I really like that it's like uh, emancipation you know yep so let me real quick so we talked about the electronics so let's talk about the the enclosure itself so it's uh, you did a 3d print it box yes did so um so here's like we'll do the, we'll do the question then. So did you did you design it yourself or did you get someone design it? And then same question on the printing. Did you print it yourself or did you ha- uh, did you use some um, service to get it printed? Uh, I designed it uh, with SketchUp and uh, it wasn't not uh, that difficult. And again, uh, uh, people are really helpful because I didn't uh, print it myself. I don't have a, a 3D printer. It's still um, too expensive. Uh, so, so I contacted uh, local people through uh, the website 3D Hubs, and, and uh, these people were uh, very, very helpful. They uh, uh, they helped me uh, along the way, and this way I was able to to get a model in about uh, one or two weeks. I think it took you know two weeks because I was uh, waiting for the, the PCBs to make some adjust, adjustments. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting technology, but. Uh, to me, it's interesting for pro- prototyping. Like, if you're an individual, well, if you have your 3D printer, it's okay. But if you don't, it's quite costly. Like for the enclosure, uh, sure. you pay by uh, um, cubic centimeter, and so such a box, it's it's um, it's as big as an iPhone, and it's um, about five centimeters. Uh, um, not wide, but okay. so it, uh, it makes a total of uh, to about 180 uh, cubic centimeters, and the cost uh, would go between 200 and the cheapest I could find, fifty dollars. So it's still quite expensive for a piece of plastic. So I guess if you have your printer, it's gonna not gonna cost you that. But when you use uh, an external service, you, you pay for a lot of things. You pay for the the expertise of the guy, which is really helpful. You pay for the plastic. You pay for the time of the printer. You pay for the fact that the printer is gonna get uh, it's gonna be obsolete in a year or so. So you pay for that too. Absolutely. So it, it's interesting to, to to make prototypes for something uh, like the Anons. You would have uh, in your home, and you would 3D print. Uh, a bunch of stuff. I'm not yet convinced. So I guess, I guess for 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 so for your uh, product cloister is the long term strategy like for the the product. Are you going to eventually go to injection molding or? Yes. yes okay. Did you ever think about or using like a Kickstarter model for for funding? Um, to, to to be completely honest, that uh, that's a question that I w- would let my partner uh, answer because uh, okay. uh, right now I focused on the hardware manufacturing and he's uh, doing uh, the, the the business side. the business side exactly. That's good. Hey, it's good. 
That, that's how Apple's success was, right, man? They had they had the, they had the tech product guy and they had the business guy. And that's yeah. right. And you really do need uh, those. You really understand why. And that's how uh, how it works at uh, Adafruit too. You know, Le- Le- Lady Ada. She, she's a. I, I saw a, a quick presentation on on their uh, uh, inside model, and the, um, her, her partner says exactly that. My my uh, job is to handle everything so that. Her job is only to write tutorials, create great products, and that's all. She she, she shouldn't be worried about uh, right. you know how we are going to pay our employees or uh, our structure or things are really uh, separated. And I, I understand because I could be thinking about it, but um, I, I I wouldn't like it, and it would take some of my optimism that that allows me that drives me in my work in uh, uh, conceiving things. So yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, some people like this part of things and that we can, uh, we can share the task. If I, I mean, it's, it's you're right, and it's if nothing else, the other value is just having someone because in your mind, especially if it's a product that you've invented, it's your baby, and be able to have someone who is just as vested as a business to say, yeah, but or have you know just have a sounding board is a huge advantage too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Um, well, we've gone on about forty-five minutes, which is usually where I try to keep these things at. Mm-hmm. Um, other than always, people start, you know, going to sleep because they they hate my voice. Um, <laughs> I guess is there any uh, to wrap up? I'm going to let you have the floor. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with, either? Um, you know, words of wisdom about following your dreams or product development or uh, or about your product itself. Anything you want to talk about, I'll let you uh, have the floor, man. Uh, well, what I would like to say is um, never let anyone tell you that something is impossible because that's not true. <laughs> if they can do it, they learn it, uh, they learned it uh, somehow, so you're able to learn it too. I, I'm really, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that we all have and uh, the same average level of intelligence and creativity, and it's just uh, that you, you have to realize that. And and when you think, hey, I, I can do pretty much anything, but I have to start somewhere, and and I have to be patient about it. You can do pretty much anything, but you know, you just have to find a point of entry, uh, think about globally what you want to do, and where you want to go but you know uh, as you would be sailing sailing a boat you, you don't know exactly uh, the path that, that can take you there but you can set the direction and after that um, go uh, um, how can I say that uh, you, you have to ah, it's very difficult to <laughs> I'm thinking about it in French. Yes. <laughs> Fine. Well, say it in French, man. <laughs> we'll translate it later. <laughs> what I want to say is that you have to cut your uh, big project, this big project that you think you, you won't be able to do because it's too complicated or too complex. Maybe it is, but complexity can be can be cut down. That's it. That's what I wanted to say. You, you can sure. cut down the complexity and... If it's still too complicated, cut it down some more. And when you found some uh, little task that you can do and uh, with your uh, current uh, skill set, go on, uh, start uh, doing this task, and um, 
along the way, you're going to gain some more experience, you're going to gain some more skills, and it's going to allow you to, 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 to go toward more and more complexity. And in a year or in two years, you're going to be realizing, fuck, I'm, I'm really doing that? I mean, a few months ago, I thought it was impossible, and I was wondering how anyone could do it. But <laughs> that's exactly the point. Anyone can do pretty much anything. You just have to, to find the... the the wish for it and, and, and the time because yeah you have to, to spend a lot of time on it too but if you like it you don't want to be doing anything else so it's quite a right but yeah I guess it would be my <laughs> conclusion I, I think that's a perfect state I, I agree 100% man um, yeah I think I, I exactly share those sentiments um, so I tell you what man I, um, I, I really really appreciate you doing this interview um, this was, was awesome. Um, I, I love to meet people you know, as such as yourself that have this, this kind of background, um, because it really paints the story that I think more people should adopt. So I think, I thank you for, uh, being willing to share. Thank you. Because you know, it's the first time I, I do something like that and I have the opportunity to, to speak about what I like. So <laughs> thank you a lot. Good. That's so, um, I'll wrap up here and we can, you know, I'll, I'll stop recording. We'll talk just a little bit before we hang up. But uh, so my guest today, um, um, again, I'm going to butcher his name and he's going to just be such a nice guy and say, go with it. Uh, Alexi uh, Matalon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to bring back my French from high school. It's not too uh, good. Oh, it's, it's really good. I'm not saying that just to. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Um, and his product recently launched uh, Cloister. Uh, you head it over to uh, cloister.io um, and take a look. And, uh, uh, you know, I really, really, again, um, appreciate uh, your time. So um, with that, I will uh, say thank you very much. And uh Take care, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely we'll follow up again, man. I appreciate this. Yeah, me too. Thank you. All right. That wraps up the interview. Uh, again, uh, big thank you to Alexis, uh, and I uh, wish you the best of luck. And uh, hopefully back in two weeks, uh, I'm going to try to do some more of these interviews. Uh, there's some other uh, products, um, some tools that I'm interested in in uh, interviewing the people that are behind those. So. We'll probably follow this one up with at least one more interview, maybe two, uh, and then we'll do some more uh, discussion ones. Um, perhaps go back to do some electronics tips or uh, embeddings. I got some questions that I want to get to uh, from the previous episode. So uh, with that, I um, I'm still recovering from my uh, Sudafed induced uh, healing, so I'm going to uh, go, turn it off here and. Uh, Thank you all very much for listening, and uh, we'll see you in about two weeks. And until then, keep it working.